Hi there, you're listening to episode 20 of the Jazz Violin Podcast, and today I'm chatting to Anthony Barnett. just like to chat a little bit first about my Patreon account. If you want to help me out with a little bit of money every month, then you can become a patron on Patreon. That means that you get an extra episode every month. Now that episode might be me reflecting on, on some of these interviews and how they've helped me, or it might be me interviewing someone not jazz violin related. What I've realized is I come in contact with so many amazing musicians in London in my in my musical life that it might be quite interesting for me to inter- interview some of them that's one of the things that you get you get an extra podcast every month uh, this, what you're doing when you help me on patreon patreon is you're helping pay for the running costs so it pays for the um, the hosting online it pays for the equipment that I am consistently buying to try and make the podcast sound better and also just pays a bit for my time and uh, shows me that people love me. Um, yeah, that's it really. Today I am chatting with Anthony Barnett. Uh, he is not a violinist, but a he's like the leading expert on Stuff Smiths and... Gen- and just just jazz jazz violin in general, especially from the you know the twenties to the the forties and fifties, he he's done so much research into specifically Stuff Smith. He's written lots of books about Stuff Smith. Eddie South. He had a record label for quite some time, issuing uh, the music of Stuff Smith and other violinists and lots of unknown jazz violinists. This guy is basically. Just like jazz violin guy, you know? You know, anything that you've read online about stuff or about jazz violin has probably got something to do with Anthony. He did so much in getting Stuff Smith's legacy and his music out there. And he's just got such a depth of knowledge about Stuff Smith. Uh, he met him a couple of times. He, they were in contact and... I think they were good friends, and it's just so interesting to chat to him about uh, about stuff and about jazz violin in general. Um, I hope you enjoy. Thank you. 
Yeah, so thanks a lot for chatting to me. I guess I first of all wanted to um, ask you a little bit about your just your life and how you got into doing what you do. And okay, yeah. Well, when I was a teenager, I can't remember exactly how old, fourteen, fifteen, maybe. Um, I found some jazz records belonging to my father in the cupboard, and amongst them were two 1936 Stuff Smith Onyx Club Boys recordings, and um, I was totally smitten. So I spent the next uh, however many years searching for more of his records, and then in 1965, he came to London to play at um, Annie's Room in Covent Garden. Annie, that was Annie Ross's club. And that's when I first met him. How old was he then? How old was he then? Well, he was 57 when he died, so he was 55. Right. Then. And I, I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, so that, what, what, what caused you to, um, to interview him, I, I was uh, I was just totally smitten by his music, and uh, the moment I read in the Melody Maker that he was coming, um, I was down there at the rehearsal at Annie's room with a tape recorder, <laughs> um, a huge heavy thing I had to hire, um, and then later I interviewed him in his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Along with Timmy Rosencrantz. So you, so you were working a job that was nothing to do with music, but you decided that you just oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I, I was a jazz buff, jazz fan, whatever. Yeah. Uh And uh, what did so? What what happened to that interview? Uh, It's. I know. I know what it's happened to it now, because I think I've read it. You've read it, and I have the tape. You have the tape. I also have a tape of the rehearsal. Do you? Um, but it's not good, and the, uh, the group he played with was not appropriate for him. Who was he playing with? Um, Tony Kinsey, the drummer. Okay. Les Condon, trumpet. P- Peter King. Oh right. Uh, playing tenor at that uh-huh. time. Gordon Beck, piano. Phil Bates, bass. I met him on two further occasions. I spent um, some time with him in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later in in Denmark. Mm-hmm. On the trip to Paris, um, he was taken ill during that trip uh-huh. and ended up in the American hospital where I visited him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was supposed to be, you know, lying in bed with his ulcers and whatever, but he was up playing the violin in the children's ward mm. as often as he <laughs> could. Yeah. That's amazing. And he well, he recovered from that. And, oh yes, well, my creative life, so to speak, is uh, very much involved with literature. And uh, at one point, I think probably about 30, 35 years ago, mm-hmm. certainly while I was living in this house, after mm-hmm. I'd moved to this house, um, I had uh, I had some difficulties with some of my erstwhile colleagues in the literary life, okay. and I abandoned it in disgust at the time. Yeah. And then I started working on what I'd always thought would be impossible, mm-hmm. which was 
to make um, proper research and discography of mm -hmm. Stuff Smith. And I first issued that in, in mimeograph form, uh -huh. in quite small and circulated it. And, yeah. and um, as the years went by, I accumulated more and more and more materials mm -hmm. and never came to an end as you can see, because there's a supplement and also there's a lot of online yeah. additions and corrections. Yeah. Um, which I I don't maintain now uh, as much as I used to. Right. A certain kind of tiredness has, <laughs> has settled in. Yeah, so how long did it take you to write, to write that book then? Yeah. Ah, uh, I can't. I can't. I can't remember. It was the accumulation of many years of research. Yeah. What What happened then? Um, I wanted to find out more about the context in which stuff played. I mean, he wasn't the only jazz violinist. Sure. But I wanted to know more about the others. So that's when I started um, researching as many as I could. Initially, the violinists from the 1920s through to the 1940s, mm -hmm. mainly. And um, which resulted in my book about Eddie South. Yes. And also, for a time, I was publishing a review called Violin Improvisation Studies. Yes. Um, you know, um, I haven't actually seen that. Well, I've I was I was reading about it the last couple of days. And I... The 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 first issues were um, just duplicated a a four sheets. The uh -huh. last three volumes were actually bound, mm -hmm. and um, they've all gone. Except I think I've got some copies of one of the issues down in the cellar, uh -huh. um, which um, if we've got time, I'll go down and Love find see it. for you yeah. or. or if we haven't got time, I'll send it to you. I'd love to see it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So um, how how did it just how do you go about um, doing research like this? How do you how do you? Well, you it's much easier these days with sure. the internet. That didn't exist yeah. at the time I did these books. But how did you do it? Uh, through um, a network of people. Um, fellow researchers. It's the postman. No, you have to turn that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sure, thanks. Thank you. The postman. What is that? It's for your next door neighbour. Oh, it's for my next door yeah. neighbour. Okay. Not an exciting. Um, uh, studying um, um, old. Uh, journals and newspapers mm -hmm. uh, and um, of course the most important thing was the gathering of, of recordings mm -hmm. and uh, there are various collectors auction mm -hmm. lists yes pre-internet right but, um, then after the internet uh, various other items started turning up yes. on, on eBay um, some completely unknown on mm -hmm. small labels, right. uh, of which only one or two copies are known. And mm -hmm. It was, I suppose, one would have to say it was a kind of obsession. 
and uh, I, I just I never left any stone unturned. Yeah. And if I if I learnt that um, uh, stuff had recorded something privately, I would do my best to track it down to the, mm -hmm. the people who owned it. And and I would say eighty to ninety percent of the time that was successful okay. tracking these things down. There are things that I know about that I haven't been able to track down. Mm -hmm. What was the most difficult thing to track down that you did manage to track down? Um, I That's too hard to say off the top of my head, actually. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing was that I had, um, I had very good relationships with, uh, the, the mother of Stuff Smith's Danish daughter mm -hmm. and another woman, Eva. Mm -hmm. The mother's name was Margaret and, and Eva was a woman that he had a, a longer relationship with yes. and was with when, when, um, when he died. And they had kept a lot of scrapbooks of, mm -hmm. and tapes of uh, his work in Europe not before Europe, so but so that was covered in that way. And I also uh, made contact, was able to make contact with um, his American wife. Mm -hmm. She's still alive. She's in her nineties, um, Arlene. And and I I remember I placed an ad in one of the collector's obscure jazz magazines uh, saying what I was working on that <clears throat> produced communication from um, several people who had known him and had recorded things privately and maybe I heard, did, you, did you that's probably meant is that mentioned in that other the podcast that you did with Jake Shulman the ad I think I remember, um, I remember uh, what, Arlene is mentioned in Arlene the, uh, yeah uh, Arlene mean the actual uh, the ad what did I feel like I remember that I read somewhere what they, what did the ad say? No, no, that's no, not okay. mentioned in okay, that. Cool. No, no. Right. Okay. Um so But it's all it's all in there. Mostly in there, yeah. I'm gonna have to buy that book. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to buy that sure. book. Because like I said, I've only got the um Yeah. The pure at heart. and pure at heart that was that's that's more of a sort of that's like it's like a it's a mini pamphlet, right? It's a it's a collection of short yes interviews and this that and the other yeah um, have you got the the one called Pure at Heart two that's the one, the one I've got yes there was an earlier edition yes. but then this is augmented with some other material yes and none of that material is in here yeah. right okay so I actually thought that that was maybe a short version of this book no here. it's completely different okay yeah. cool right well I'm gonna have to buy that book I'm glad that you've got one with you today so that's, that's great um what do you think would have happened if you hadn't done any of this research how how would how would this you know do you think that this his story would have been would have been told i don't think so yeah i can't be sure somebody else might have come along yeah but um no i don't think it would have happened mm -hmm. yeah because it seems like one of the reasons that so many people know who Stuff Smith is, is 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 partly due to your work, 
I would say. Well, if that's true, um, I'm very grateful that yeah. it's had that result. Yeah, I don't know. Like most of the things I've read about Stuff Smith in terms of his, like, well, just any information about him has yeah. usually been, <laughs> had your name somewhere yeah. in it, so. And then, of course, I, I, I started issuing the CDs. I don't know if you've got any. Uh, uh, there's about 25 CDs yeah. now to do with um, the history of jazz violin with mostly unreleased or extremely rare material. Mm. So, I've had to stop that now. Right. It, it's not economically viable. Okay. People just don't buy these things anymore. Yeah. They want uh, everything quickly, easily, mm. and free. Yes. Uh, otherwise, they're not bothered. Yes. Yeah. So... I opposite Lewis Station. There's a storage unit, uh, and uh, I I have a unit in there which is filled with unsold and mostly unsaleable CD stock. <laughs> it's a shame because they they were only ever issued in small quantities, like uh, one thousand was the maximum, sometimes mm -hmm. less. And after all these years, still there's still hundreds of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. At one time, I had a very good American distributor, North Country Cadence, but they they came to the conclusion that they had to stop um, distributing for other people. Yeah, that's 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 it's crazy. Is it a, a lot of collectors? And they were, and and also my CDs were on um, iTunes for a while, mm -hmm. but that's you took that uh, off for technical reasons. Uh, that was all handled by America by, by okay. my American distributor. So that that all came to an end. Would you ever think about trying to get them up no, on the streaming no, service? I'm not interested. No. And the other thing is uh, uh, I have not suffered greatly from theft, but I have begun to suffer from theft of materials from my CDs. Mm. Um, and uh, it means that one just stops and there's other material mm -hmm. um, that I would love to issue. But mm -hmm. having said that, I, I think I, I sort of broke the back of what was important to, to issue. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. But there are other things. For example, I, I had plans for a, a pre-Papa Johnny Creech CD. Right. Uh, quite a few recordings yeah. from the 1940s and 50s uh -huh. by him when he was just called just Johnny when he was Creech. Just John Creech. Um, and um, wow. Emilio Caceres, uh, there's a lot of things I would like to have put out. Um, that's, that, that's a real shame to actually hear that because, so that's music that isn't going to get heard by, by people. And that's because CDs are so hard to sell. Yes, and the moment people get hold of something, uh, they're likely to um, to steal from it and put it on. Um, what What do you mean? Like, as in, like, well, they take the tracks, and then if, if you if if you if you go to YouTube, for mm -hmm. example, yeah, and look up Stuff Smith, you'll yes. find a whole lot of spurious issues. Yeah. Where the material is taken from other people's CDs mm -hmm. and and um, presented as something original and and it's not. That's that's crazy. I'm I'm I think that YouTube are trying to get better at, at at stopping that. As in, if there's a no, 
No, it's it's impossible to stop. Yeah. And um, Spotify, they're, they're crooks as well. Right. You may want to cut that out. No, <laughs> no, you should say that if that's how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of in the middle. I don't really know. For yeah. me as an artist, I, yeah. I find... I've, yes, yes. It's hard to... It's hard to get your music heard if if you don't use it. But it is a real shame that all the money is now going to <laughs> Mr. Spotify. <laughs> and that's, you know, that... Or Mr. or Mrs. Spotify. I don't know who owns Spotify. Yeah, I, I have to say, whatever the problems with iTunes were, um, they were in some sense responsible and honest in their... They sold. In their they dealings, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're not 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 a believer in Spotify. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know what's um, what's funny is a lot of collectors now are going back to vinyls, aren't they? People yes. like vinyl a lot more. And than and um, I have to laugh because uh, most of them are playing these uh, expensively produced high class vinyl records on on machines which are screwing them up right like as in modern cheap cheap things cheap, yeah you get my yeah. my equipment's under there um so you can't see it Hidden. at the moment but <laughs> yeah well you know i feel like the but fact i, I think i think we should be good. getting back to talking more about violin oh, don't worry yeah don't worry we can yeah. you know digression is is fine um so jazz violin nowadays as in you've spent a lot of time thinking listening to mm -hmm. and researching violinists from it seems the 20s to the well i did in the end i uh, gone right up as far as i could to the present i mean yeah. uh, leroy jenkins billy yes. bang great favorites of mine yeah and in particular um a west coast uh, player uh, India Cook I have never heard of that person um, she's done everything from played with Sun Ra to backing Sarah Vaughan on records uh, she has some most beautiful lyrical wonderful um, recordings mm -hmm. under her own name and also uh, um, as a side player mm -hmm. with, with others yeah I've never in you say India 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 cook, cook right great. with an e on the end Check I really recommend you to yeah. track her down yeah I, I will do it's good to hear a name that I, I haven't heard before uh, do you know a French bass player named Joelle Leandre no. did you come across her no they've made some uh, pretty far out recordings together but um so is this is this more in the realms of uh free improv stuff well in india is is interesting because as well as being a free player she's mm -hmm. also capable of of the most beautiful mm -hmm. the lyricism as well mm -hmm. yeah. so you're quite you're you were talking about uh free improv improvised music mm -hmm. you're quite into that yeah i think that's i think that's really um it's really interesting because there's a couple of people i know who are a big enthusiasts of old jazz and also free ah, improv well jazz. it's because i don't like imitation in the present of the past mm. 
That's interesting. So I yeah. like the past. Yeah. And I like the present and I like the future. Yeah. But I don't like the imitation of the past and the present. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like, I guess people nowadays who play in the style of, or, you know, people playing the style of Capelli or Stuff Smith, you're not into it. I don't really uh, appreciate. Um, yes. Uh, I, I appreciate if they've learned something from them, such as space yeah. or, or attack or phrasing, but mm -hmm. but uh, no, I, I don't want to name names, but there's too <laughs> many. Uh, there's, there's a lot. Right? Too many, particularly Grappelli imitators. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might be talking about me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, In um, fact, uh, Regina Carter uh, said um, the, in an interview in Strings magazine, I think it was, uh, the world does not need another Grappelli. It's true. And she's right. It is true. It is true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, uh, I, do, I do sort of agree. I also, I guess I, um, the other side of it, which I do, I guess I flip between the two, is that, you know, it's just a different art form. And uh, imitation. Uh, something else that's interesting about this Grappelli influence is both Jean-Luc Ponty and mm -hmm. uh, Michaela Berniak, yeah. they've both been insistent in print mm -hmm. in saying that their main inspiration came from Stuff Smith and, yes. and not Grappelli. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I use the word inspiration rather than influence because... Uh -huh. I, I think there's an important distinction. Yes. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, you, yeah, you, you, I, I get that you don't you don't like um, you don't like imitation, but um, yeah, okay. Uh, for fun. Yes. 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 But sure. Not... You don't. You you wouldn't say that it's. Yeah. I guess it's not the same as like listening to somebody who's playing with their own voice. It's yeah. a completely different thing. Um, I guess my argument against that is that I quite I, I quite like both sides you know mm. like I don't if someone wants to I'm quite impressed by people who can do it because mm. you know really it's actually it's pretty hard to do that to to try to be improvising in the style of somebody else it's like mm. it's you're like putting a barrier yeah. up that in fact bef before we started recording we we spoke about um the Dutch violinist, yes, uh, Yannick uh, Hewat, yeah, um, and I noted on his website a long time ago that he'd taken lessons with, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly or not, I don't, Tim Cliff, yes, Cliffus. Tim and Cliffhouse. I, I, I remarked on this in a kind of sardonic way, and um, and Yannick said that he was helped a lot. Um, by Tim, but the first thing he said to Tim was, I do not want to play gypsy jazz. Yes. And Tim said, that's fine. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim's a good teacher, you know, and I think he, he also, he, you know, he, I can imagine he, mm -hmm. he could have helped, he can help most people. I also mentioned to you before, um, the young Malaysian violinist, ah, yes. Pai and Yeo, yes, who uh, was in London for a while. Not that, not anymore. No, she did her doctorate on jazz violin at King's. Yes, and um, she's going to send me a PDF of it, but I don't have it yet. Uh, and um, she she's made a 
she's just released a CD ah. um, on on an English label. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, um. It's not Slam. It was I wrote liner notes for a couple of violin CDs with Slam. Um, uh, a very fine Finnish violinist, uh, Ari Putianian, and uh, one of the CDs he made was duets with an Italian violinist, uh, Stefano Pastor. Okay. Uh, the, that's on a, um, an English label called yeah. Slam, so you can find that yeah. quite easily. Okay. I can, I go, well, I'm going to have to listen to that and write, listen to that again and write it down. But I, I think Pi would be uh, a wonderful player for you to do a podcast ah, on. But yeah. she's back in Malaysia. I can give you ah, yeah, Skype her works, contact yeah. details. Yeah. Skype's always an option. Yeah. Um, I just think it's really amazing that you as a non-violinist um, <laughs> yeah. have such a vast knowledge of violin uh, and specifically jazz violin. I mean, I don't know what your knowledge of classical violin is. But. Well, I tried to do some homework, so I have yes. got quite a lot of CDs yeah. of historical classical violinists. Yeah. Um, but um, what 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 moved me to do that was the fact that um, Stuff and uh, Eddie South and others mm-hmm. they often took pieces from the classical yeah. repertoire and yeah. made their own versions of them. Uh, yes. So yeah. I wanted to check all that out yeah. and do some homework. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're you're right, and uh, if I dare dare say this anecdote, um, the the great modern concert violinist uh, Paul Zukowski, I, I said to him once that uh, I, I felt embarrassed in some way that I was claiming all this vast knowledge when I couldn't play the violin and I couldn't even read music yeah. properly. And I said, but I do have ears. Yeah. Uh, to which he replied, as long as they haven't been circumcised. <laughs> well, you know, of course you can have ears if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I just, there's just not, I just don't think there's very many people like yourself in the world who have such a vast amount of jazz violin knowledge who don't play jazz violin. I think most of us, like I reckon most of the people listening to this podcast, for example, are people who aspire yeah. to or do play jazz no, violin. I, I, I was happy with percussion instruments when I played, but not with string instruments, mm-hmm. except for the one-string blind beggars fiddles <laughs> in India and China. I can yeah. cope with them. <laughs> and, and my cheese board in the shape of a violin. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen that. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, so... But I, I wonder whether actually not being a violinist myself gave me has enabled me to have, um, from my point of view, if not from anybody else's, a kind of objective yes. distance um, when when listening to yeah. other players. Yeah, that it's, it, it, must, it must it must be yeah, but it does uh, strike me that you, you know, I don't know. I just think it's it does strike me that you 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 are quite eloquent in, in describing different violinists, and you can hear people's influence. In each, in each, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, I would just wondered if you had any interesting stories that you that you uh, that you found in your. I mean, you're going to have that. Many. What about stuff in particular? Or? Yeah, mate, yeah. Pref- I'd I'd prefer to hear the one about yeah. the ones about stuff. 
Well, I I remember writing in in the Metro um, in Paris with stuff. I think it's probably in one of the books, mm -hmm. and, and um, um, somehow or other we got onto his rendition of "Take the A Train," mm -hmm. and I I said that the um, the wheels on the Paris Metro made different sounds to the the A Train in in um, mm. in New York. And he said, yes, yes, Tony. By the way, he's the only person who's allowed to call, who was ever allowed <laughs> to call me Tony and get <laughs> away with it. Um, not quite true because some of the neighbors and the window cleaners decide I'm Tony as well, <laughs> but don't appreciate that. Yeah. But the way Stuff said it, it was okay. Yeah. He, yes, he, he kind of agreed that he changed the sound uh, yeah. of his violin to 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 match the Paris Metro rather than the. I the the one I know, he goes da 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 da. He goes don't be da ba ba da. Da 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 That one. Um, he does do this you, do you have stuff. the mosaic, uh, complete verb stuff Smith set? I don't think so. No, I don't. It's when I say I don't think so, I don't. Box set no, with I don't four CDs. I wrote the booklet for that it's out of print but copies do turn up on ebay mm -hmm. and I, I would really recommend you to yeah get hold of that mm -hmm. um it includes some duets with ray nance yes i think i've heard i think i've definitely heard you've him. probably heard something yeah. yes yeah. um okay when i um when i first met him which was at that rehearsal at annie ross's club mm -hmm. um he he behaved with me as if he'd known me all his life. Right. He was that kind of friendly, yeah, out, outgoing person. Yeah. And is it all right if I record you? Yes, you can record anything. I I came to uh, regret something. I for years I'd had a huge encyclopedia of jazz edited by Leonard Feather. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a dictionary, dictionary mm -hmm. of jazz musicians. And it had all their addresses and phone numbers. And, and I could have written to Soft Smith so many years before. Right. But I didn't feel as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, whatever, that I could write mm -hmm. to such a person. Yeah. And um, um, I could have. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lesson in that, isn't there? Yes. It's just to like, yes. to do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always just do it. If you yeah. want to do it, or you know, if there's yeah. something like that. Cause. Another thing um, uh, that I found interesting that although Stuff Smith had this 1930s history of pot smoking and all that, mm -hmm. he he was very uncomfortable with the amount of that going on in Denmark when he right. moved there in 1965. He didn't like the kind of behaviour that. Um, created amongst the young people right i never i never sort of tackled him on this but i i was it's looking back on that it's quite interesting and curious yeah because yeah. he did have a yeah a tendency to yeah to um to drink and, and smoke oh uh, yeah it. yeah well the drinking is what um caused his downfall yes yeah yeah like a lot of musicians because he died quite young, right? 50-something. Which is pretty young. 
And so did Eddie Soft, 58, and yeah. Paganini around the same yeah. age. Yeah. So good company. Yeah. I guess Paganini, you know, is a lot, lot like back then that was probably quite a long life, wasn't it? Yes, yes, compared to present day. Yeah. 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 Um, so you did you you ended up after after studying stuff Smith so much, you ended yes. up wanting sort of moving to, on to Yeah, I wanted to to find out more about the context of what this thing about jazz uh-huh. violin was yeah. and, and um um so that what led me to research other players uh-huh. and then the, so then the Eddie South book yes yes and um, and, and the violin improvisation studies bulletins uh, yes. included um, some research about other violinists as mm-hmm. well yeah Juice Wilson I don't know if you've no, come no, across Juice that Wilson. name no. um, so Eddie South how do you uh, how do you think he compares to Stuff Smith? Oh well, Eddie Eddie South. Uh, there, there's there's um. Eddie South was a more predictable player, mm-hmm. and to some extent classically based. Yes, but there is, I think, a myth about Eddie South. It's often written that had he not been black, he would have been a classical violinist, that that's what he really wanted right. to be. Lots of people uh-huh. say that. I'm not sure that that's true because even within his predictability, if you listen to different takes of the same tune from the same recording session, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're always different. Mm-hmm. And that's not the signature of a classical violinist. Yes. Uh, um, but they, um, Billy, Billy Taylor, the pianist Billy Taylor, who worked with both of them in the 40s, first with Eddie South, then with Stoff Smith, uh, tells an interesting story that um, when, when both violinists were playing in clubs in Chicago and uh, um, Stoff Smith would come and listen to Eddie South play, uh, and when Eddie South saw, saw Stuff Smith coming in the door, he would then jazz it up. Mm-hmm. And and when Eddie South <sighs> went to see Stuff Smith playing, mm-hmm. um, then Stuff Smith would um, make it all pretty and classical. <laughs> so. But w- one thing I say uh, extraordinary about Stuff Smith uh, about Eddie South is the the tone he gets. It's almost as if you can hear the wood of the mm. violin. Mm. He never amplified, whereas yes. Stuff Smith 99% of the time did. Yes, yeah. yeah. That was sort of Stuff's part of his sound in a way, wasn't yeah. it? It's, it's really strange to find amplification now. I'm always battling with it, and a lot of violinists mm. battle with it. But what I like about Stuff's... I mean, he was like the first guy to amplify, right? Or one of the first guys to amplify a violin. Yeah, pretty much. But... You know, I mean, I don't know if it's because of the time and and the resources that he he had at his disposal, but it felt like back then it was sort of like creating a different instrument in a way. Yes. Rather than a lot of the pickups and things now, and, you know, Mm -hmm. mics obviously, but pickups, they're always trying to reproduce the sound of an acoustic violin. 
So you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's yeah. you always, when you see when you look at the yeah. box, it always says you know the most acoustic, amazing acoustic sound. And obviously, it sounds nothing like an acoustic violin. Yeah. It sounds, you know, like but a I, pinched. You've you've brought up an interesting point too. It reminds me of something else. Um, what's the name of the Cuban violinist who lives in England? Oh, my Puente. Yeah. yeah who's my he, teacher? Oh, well, he's a beautiful, wonderful violinist. He is amazing. But yeah. tell him from me to stop using the Zeta. Yeah. I mean, because there are no dynamics in the Zeta. Yeah. Everything is... Yeah, it's just electric violins. They just, yeah, yeah. You can spend I was as talking much as to Sam... Do you know Sam Bardfeld? No. Uh, very, very fine American violinist who um, at one time was working on a Stuffsmith project. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, he's abandoned it. You can Maybe find... Maybe I have heard that. I think, yeah. And that he's written a book ago, about like Latin violin. He's written a book about Latin violin. Okay. And um, he told me that many of those Latin players, they like that. That's the Latin thing. Yeah. 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 It's not for me, but yeah, I I find the, um, I find electric vibe. Well, I just find I'm, at the moment I'm finding pickups are just sort of annoying me. Anytime I'm playing or hearing someone with a pickup, I just think actually it's just not a violin. And it, what mm-hmm. it is, what it is doing is it's trying to emulate an mm-hmm. acoustic violin. And what oh. I liked about stuff is yes. that, he was just like, "Hey, I'm just going to put this thing sure. on my violin, sure. and it's going to. I'm going to put it through this amp. Yeah. And there's no, no danger of that sounding like an acoustic violin. Well, that that, that reminds me of. And uh, uh, you want some anecdotes? Here's one. I, I interviewed Herb Ellis once. Yeah. Um, who was on the 1957 yeah. European tour with oh, yeah. Ella? You yeah, can yeah. find a clip on. I've on, seen that clip. Yeah. yeah. They they play. And um, um. Herb Ellis uh, had a lot of difficulty getting his amplifier uh-huh. to work. And he said, Stuff um, uh, would just throw his amplifier on the, um, the carousel at the airport, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and would come uh-huh. off and, and all in pieces and yeah. put it together and then plug it in. <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. Yeah. He, um, I just like, I think I like that. And it's, I don't like, you know, like a, a, a electric guitarists. Yes. They don't like they. They're not. What's that? That's a picture of stuff, stuff with his, coming with off his, the airplane oh, right, in, in his, Europe. <laughs> with his uh, with all his gear. That's First a great over picture. the pole and around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just saying electric guitarists. They, there's no. They're not trying to emulate the sound of an acoustic guitar. They're an yeah. electric guitarist, yeah. and they're yeah. not. They're not. Uh, yeah. You know, that's what they are. Sure. And I feel like. That's sort of like how the electric bite or the mm. amplified violin started. It was stuff, stuff Smith or and yes. people like that who were amplifying it sort of like a guitar. Yeah. And it's, it became a different instrument yeah. in a way. But nowadays, like, I just don't like these, yeah, the sound of. Sure, sure. I find it's difficult to mm-hmm. enjoy it, you know. You wouldn't want to record, like, you know, violins don't really, you know, apart from some record that you know they'll they'll rec- you know but they'll do it live it's like mm. it's just not nice but i don't know eric acito have you heard do you know that guy eric acito he's the guy who made uh, eric Gran- eric acito no he's a luthier who, who who makes pickups as well oh right um he does quite a, he does a great pickup and he made yannick's instrument i think um ah oh, yes i've read about yeah, him yeah yeah, yeah. What nationality is he? Eric Asito. I think he's just 
I think he's well, he's American. He lives in New right. York. Do you know dead. my double CD uh, of bebop violin? No. Which has a 92-page booklet about the history of it. No. Um, That's... You, you, do you have it? Do you have one that I could buy? Yes, yes. Like now? Yes. Great. Yeah. Um, uh, Hungarian... Uh, originally Hungarian, but he lived in France for a lot, and he played mostly guitar, but he played two LPs on violin. Um, Elik Bacic... Okay. He was the great bebop violinist. I have never heard of this of guy. That's amazing. And so how did you how did you find this guy and how come no one knows this guy? No. Uh well, uh, I Well, when I say no one, I don't know this guy. That doesn't no, mean that no but, one knows him. Uh, <laughs> quite a lot of people know him. Yeah, sure they do. Uh, he's dead now. Yeah. Uh, he made a lot of recordings on on guitar, but he made two LPs in in America on um on violin uh -huh. um, for Flying Dutchman label. Mm -hmm. And I also managed to track down some unissued club recordings mm -hmm. by him. Anyway, uh, yes, let's call it a halt now because I need to sort out and find some things for you. Yeah. Did, did just before, did you mm. ever hear Harry Harry Lukowski? Oh, yeah. I, I, I interviewed him did over you? the telephone. He's in one of the issues of, of, uh, uh, of Violin Improvisation Studies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like this interview is just a precursor to me. Just uh, I'm just going to buy all your stuff. Well, I do feel uh, like I, there's I really an awful want lot to. more to say. Um, yeah. And um, the Harry Lukowski and stuff, they, they were friends. They, yeah, they, they were. Because yeah. he's really around, interesting. Because yeah, he yeah. was like swinging so hard, yeah. but he didn't obviously he didn't write any of his. He no, wrote ninety nine percent of it is written. Yeah, down. by yeah. Barry Harris and people like that. Barry Harris? Yeah. No. Someone told me it was Barry Harris. No. No? It's not Barry Harris. Um, but he definitely had a lot of his... Um, yeah. And he did a lot of work for Quincy Jones as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's a really interesting musician because, like, it's amazing to listen to. Yes. And there's stuff in there that... His widow actually visited Lewis and... and oh, really? Brought all of his private acetates for me to wow. coffee and... and um, some of those are on some of my CDs as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks a lot for chatting to me. Today. Thank you, yeah. uh, Matt. And uh, yeah. perhaps we'll make a podcast number two at some point. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Thanks. So, thanks very much for listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. You're listening to me, Matt Holborn, and Anthony Barnett, uh, the. Uh, leading expert on stuff smith there you go one thing i really want to say to you guys if you're still listening right now is that anton like anthony has a back catalog of cds and books that he still has that he is still selling now i've put links to that in the uh information section i'll be putting some more links up on social media etc but you know it's really worth going through his catalogue of jazz violin um, gold, you know, and, and listening and buying the CDs and, uh, you know, buying the books. I've just, I've, I just bought a load of stuff from him when I was, uh, just before I left after the interview. And, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it weighed me down for the rest of the day because there's so much stuff. But, you know, 
really, guys, I'll put the link in the bio. In the bio, what am I talking about? I'll put the link underneath, you know, in the info section. And just, uh, yeah, please, please uh, go to his site and, and buy some of this stuff because, like, you know, you can't hear a lot of this stuff online. It's not on Spotify, a lot of it. It's not, it's not, a lot of it's not on the internet. So buy the CDs, buy the books. Got to do it. Um, yeah, one thing I was going to say is I, yeah, I'm really happy that we've hit the 20 episode mark and I keep uh, receiving great emails from people saying how much they love the, the podcast. And I, my Patreon, my Patreons are, Patreon patrons are growing by the numbers every, uh, every couple of, uh, every, every, every month, I think I get one. And I really appreciate you guys, you know, um, it's great. And you know, what's really nice is I don't know any of you. I've not met any of you guys. I was, I was thinking when I set that thing up, I was just going to get loads of, you know, loads of people who I knew, like my mum. She hasn't done anything. Um, but yeah, you know, I prefer that. You know, it's great that um, I'm reaching so many different people and that, that you guys like what I do. So I appreciate you for uh, for your contribution. And I, you know, I appreciate everyone who downloads the, the podcast, really. Uh, it, it, it's a great feeling. Um, I think, I don't think I, I know who my next guest is, but we'll work it out. Uh, I do know who my, I'm about to record an interview with a really interesting musician for my podcast extra for my patrons only. And that is um, the MD for Van Morrison. So we met in the, in the, he was, he came to see my gig a couple of weeks ago and he, you know, he was such a nice guy. And I thought, you know, I need to, I need to chat to this guy because that's an interesting, that's an interesting musician right there. So yeah, he's the musical director for Van Morrison and, I'll be chatting to him on my podcast extra, um, which which will be available in, in the next couple of days. So, if you want to become a pa- ah, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing this uh, this hard sell on the on the Patreon thing. You know. Hey, one last thing is we're now going to listen to a track by violinist Olivia Moore. Now, I first met Olivia, I think, in the north of England. She's an amazing. Uh, jazz violinist or just improvising violinist she's done a lot of study in the uh i think in the carnatic style so south indian music style and her music's amazing she plays great she plays that style really nicely and this is a track of hers called triangles it's with an unnamed trio but from the picture here it looks like it's dave kane who is on bass who's also a great yoga teacher and uh, a guy i don't know on uh, accordion. But yeah, here's the track Triangles. Hope you enjoy. Mm-hmm. 